0: It takes a humble mind and a curious spirit to go past the hubris that ignorance and knowledge bring. Through questions, specific concerns are addressed, doubts are dissolved, and understanding is achieved, which is the goal of this podcast. We believe asking questions provides one of the quickest and most precise routes to understanding, which translates into the correct execution of actions and the attainment of desired outcomes. This is where Solomon Ray comes in. Solomon Ray is a prolific Bible teacher, executive leader, advisor, and sponsor, known for his love for Jesus Christ and people, wisdom, and unique incursions into God's Word to provide relevance, clarity, and understanding for personal leadership and a more productive life in Christ Jesus through every area of life. We trust this podcast will help you provide clarity to the burning questions you've been harboring all these years. Let's delve into the podcast and listen attentively, as Solomon Ray brings clarity, insight and understanding to some questions. Take a listen. Hello, sir. Hello, everyone. Why is it that many believers who read the word of God, they meditate on the word, they speak the word according to what we've been taught, still find it difficult in their day-to-day life, like the word has no effect on their lives. don't know if it's because of their lack of faith, or there's something they are not doing that they ought to be doing, or is it that it is not God's time, for them to receive their blessings or for the work to be fulfilled in their lives. Please sir, I really need more clarity on this. Thank you sir.
1: Hello, good day and this is yet another time of learning. I really love these times where we have to learn, we have time to connect, we have time to probe into some new horizons to just hear what God is saying because I can assure you personally I relish every moment I relish every time that I have to learn something new from God learn something new from his word and especially when I have to get clarity which opens new vista of understanding to me i really relish those moments and i trust and i hope personally that you all are getting value of course you are And beyond just value, you're getting an understanding which is far beyond what you could ever think or imagine, talking about the questions we're having here. And it's to show all of us that there are dimensions in the Word of God. There are dimensions in God. God knows more than what we know, and He knows more than what He told us yesterday. So let's never get comfortable to think that we have the totality of God's revelation now because God knows far beyond, and we are not able to grasp all of his revelation for now because we are limited we understand in parts and he has to take us gradually and make us understand things so thank you once again for being here my dear friends thank you for listening all over the world thank you very much and please just let us know in the q a section in spotify or Nabu podcast or wherever you're listening to your podcast just let us know comment or you can connect and through the link in the show notes to send a message to us the team and to let us know how this is blessing you we always like to hear from you and thank you very much to epi masango cameroon thank you very much as well to larinda and to mebel and especially to our listeners who are in the u.s and belgium and singapore singapore really doing well thank you very much to all of you not forgetting our friends in sweden in india in the uk in poland in canada Just just to name a few, thank you very much, my dear friends. Cameroon, also a lot of listeners coming from Cameroon, Boya, Limbe, Yaoundé, and some other notable areas back there. Thank you very much. God bless you all. And please make sure you share, you listen, and share with, with friends and family because our goal is to make sure that we dissolve the doubt that you all have and to make you see clearly. Doubt is a form of vision impairment spiritually but when we dissolve the doubts by God's grace through the answer he produces and by his spirit it makes us to perceive clearly and it brightens the vision and gives us clarity and purpose in our movement and assurance in every step we take so this is yet another time where we attend to a question and our question for today as you've heard come from Mabel from Yangde. And thank you very much Mabel once more. Thank you for being active. Thank you for being inquisitive. Always wanting to know that's something that we welcome a lot and we please encourage all of you. I know you all have questions boiling in your boils from the counts I've mentioned before and even more. You can go to the show notes and you'll see a place to ask your question to Solomon Ray something like that and you'll see a link you can click on the link and you have 60 seconds to pose your questions. So say your name and where you're listening or where you're recording from. Then you have 60 seconds to record your questions and we're going to receive it from our back end and treat it at once. Thank you very much. God bless you. So the question for today is very important and particularly in the time and season we find ourselves where confessions are very popular. And I must say that one of the reasons why we have a high level of prayerlessness in church where prayer meetings or time of prayer is kind of a time where Christians don't relish the most, is because at some point, many Christians are not having answers to their prayers, their confessions of faith. We keep confessing and confessing the word. We keep confessing, as the Bible says, we should say, when there is a casting down, let's say there is a lifting up, let the weak say I'm strong. We are making confessions, not really confessing the word, but making confessions. And many Christians don't find that to work in their lives. And sooner than later, many come to the conclusion that all of those things are just mere fairy tales and just words to garnish our Christian life, which do not really have any potency in themselves. And because of that, there is the rise of anti-Christian prayer techniques and practices, the rise of the new age spiritual movement in the church. You might be asking, what are you talking about, Solomon Ray? So the rise of some new age Christian prayer practices, like what you have, yoga, where you're trying to manifest things, the law of manifestation, where you're confessing things and you're adjusting your vibrations, your chakra and all of those things. And you find many Christians getting involved with those practices because in a bid to have what we want, we'll go to any length to try new things to get what we want, even if it's out of the context of Jesus Christ and the Word of God and what the Word of God prescribes for us. And I would strongly recommend again disciples of jesus christ getting involved in all those things i see many christians in on social media post. i speak to the universe and the universe is in alignment i'm beautiful i'm fine and they are releasing words and trying to affect their vibration and all those things the frequency my dear brothers and sisters please you stop that's all i can say don't get involved into all of that there is no much time, we don't have enough time to delve into those things, the spiritual side of all that we are trying to do. But I'll just tell you one thing, the devil's proposition to mankind is simple, is follow me and you will get what you want. It's as simple as that. It's not more complicated than that. Follow me and you get what you want. If you follow me, you're going to get all what you want in life. I'll give you all what you want. So the devil's proposition is about people getting what they want, what their desires are. And God's proposition on the flip side is follow me and you'll get everything that I have desired that you should have. And for a moment there many of us are not comfortable with that posture or with that proposition but let me ask you you understand why I'm saying all of this now as we delve into the question but let me ask you this simple question God is God he's all-knowing he's omniscient all-powerful and he made you assuming that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ or even if you are not but God still created you and he's all-knowing all-powerful what would you prefer to have what you want or to have what the all-knowing and all-powerful God who created you to give you what he had planned for you to give you? Which one do you really prefer? Inherently, when we think about it deeply, we will go for what the all-knowing and all-powerful and our creator who is all-loving, who loves us beyond measure, who gave himself for us, had planned to give us Ephesians 2.10 We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus that we may do those works that he had prearranged for us taking paths that we should fulfill all those things that he had planned for us living the good life that he had prearranged for us. God loves us like i always tell people that i train if your plans are better than god's plans then you'll be god when god says give me your plans give me your desires and let me receive my desires and i'm going to give you all that you have ever dreamed and even more that's why god confidently says he's a god who can do far above what you can ever think or imagine so he's saying pick a wild guess think and imagine the best thing in your life what you desire for yourself the best case scenario and after thinking that he tells you that he can beat your imagination what you think and want for yourself 10 times over 1 million times over because he is God so that was just a teaser so i'm going to approach this question from the back end because i want us to understand i've told you as a teacher of the word my assignment is so that you understand so your actions can be well thought and rightly projected for the right results not just for me to give you a blanket answer yes or no and give you some short answer still this is a summarized answer but i want you to get understanding so there are some questions that i'm going to be posing and answering at the same time in a bit to give you the entire back end information which this um, question requires for clarity number one is we're talking about confessing why are we as christians confessing and beyond what mabel says is something that is happening in the body of christ many christians are not living their confessions in their lifetime since nothing is happening so we'll answer this question who is confessing number one who is confessing you or jesus christ you see whenever we do something wrong that god said we should do and it's not working we should by a rule of thumb is that we should never think is god has a problem Whenever we think that God is the problem or his instruction is a problem, then we are saying we are better. We are saying we know better. We are saying there's something God doesn't know. We are saying that God has lied. And the Bible has said God can never lie, for He's not a man. So when something doesn't work, we should always have it as a rule of thumb to go back and verify there is something we are not doing. There's something that we might be doing, but we have not understood. We should always have that backup mentality, not to accuse God, not to accuse His word, and not to accuse His desire for us. So, who is confessing? When you confess in your room, you confess in your home, you're confessing and confessing, releasing words. Who is confessing? Is it Jesus Christ or is it you, or is it me? Because confession is a form of prayer, so in a sense, who is praying? Is it Jesus Christ who is praying, or is it you? is it me solomon is it you mabel is it you larinda is it you john who is praying who is confessing it's important to understand what the bible means by when christ said pray in my name it doesn't just mean we close with the name of jesus christ in jesus name we pray that's not really what it means to pray in the name of jesus what it means to pray in the name of jesus or to confess in the name of jesus whatever because confession is prayer is to confess in the character and in the nature of jesus so when we are confessing it's not slow confessing or praying to god then ending with a cliche statement in the name of jesus christ i have prayed and i say amen no it is in quote solomon ray praying in the character and the nature of jesus how he would pray so when we are confessing or we are praying god is not seeing solomon ray god should not see solomon ray god should not see mabel god should not see john god should see jesus christ confessing and praying it's very very important because there are some things we are going to sit down and we'll understand why God doesn't want to see Solomon Ray or Mabel or John or Moses. So who is confessing? That's the first thing. If it's Solomon Ray confessing, then that confession will go nowhere. If it's Mabel confessing, then that confession will go nowhere if it's john james yolanda if these people are the ones confessing then that confession will go nowhere why is that we have to go now to the second question what words are you confessing when i say god seeing it's not really about like visual it can be visual but it's more about the perception from the word words are a very mysterious component in life words are mysterious and even we have not understood the power of words we have not understood how words work words are living things words are alive and active as the bible would say They are a the non-physical expression or manifestation of the physical being meaning words are people not just things words are people a word is a person so as i'm talking to you right now the words you're listening to Are the non-physical expression of myself it's very important we understand this so in God seeing who is confessing it is determined by the kind of word the quality of the word that proceeds from us I have something I just wrote down some time ago the genetics and mechanics of words words take on the nature of the person who releases them because i've said words are living things they are alive and active words are persons a word is a person the non-physical expression of a physical person a physical entity so in the genetics and mechanics of words the first thing to understand is words take on the nature of the person who releases them so that means that words have a nature because they are life they have a nature so the word that you listen to before you know it you have an impartation of the nature of the person that you're listening to for example, if you listen to suicidal music that's full of violence, shooting, death, before you know it, the nature of that person who is releasing those words will become yours. You become suicidal, you will be very violent and all those things because words are not inanimate things. Words are living and active and they take on the nature of the person who releases them. Number one. Number two, words take on the character of the person who releases them. So, that's what you should be very careful That's why even the Bible says and Christ tells us to be careful what you listen and be careful how you listen. So when we are confessing, the words that come out, the word and the quality of the word, the nature and the character of the word that comes out of us when we are confessing, that's what denotes who is confessing is very important i hope you're following we have understood some dimensions of that words are very potent words are alive words when released they go out and produce things god made us to function like him and when he created the whole world he did it by speaking and he spoke and things came into being because words are potent word or sound is the fundamental creative agent words are creative they produce every word spoken produces but now it is not really about that it is really more about the quality the nature and the character of the word every person produces something the thief will produce negative things. The evil person will produce evil things. The person in Christ, in God, the good person will produce good things. So what the nature and the character of the word that you're confessing? I'm just trying to be brief here, just to summarize it. And in answering this question, we have two kinds of word. The word of man and the word of God. I'm still trying to push us to understand that when we confess, it doesn't just end that, okay, it must happen. Who is confessing? What word are you confessing? The word of God or the word of man? Because there is something in man. The heart of man is desperately wicked and it makes us to think that man is good. There's a reason why God will not listen to the word of a man. God will not listen to the word of Solomon. God will not listen to the confession of Solomon or the confession of John, the confession of Mary, the confession of James. God will not listen to our confession. There's a reason for that. The reason, I call it the fallacy of the good man. I read some things i'm saying no, man is good we are good we are inherently good and not i beg to differ but that's not what the bible tells us man is not good inherently man is not good that's why when they call jesus christ good master he said why do you call me good only god is good Man is not good. I know you're hearing this and you're kind of like, ah, I thought I was good. That's a lie that our heart keeps telling us. And because we're a bit far from scripture and we are not taking our time to study and to find out what God is really saying about us, both the fallen state and even the new man in Christ, we are oblivious to all these things. I'm talking about the fallacy of the good man. No man is good we are still talking of what word are you releasing and we're talking about the word of man why would god not listen to the word of any man romans chapter 7 verses 18 to 20 from the good news translation i know that good does not live in me that's paul talking i know that good does not live in me that is in my human nature in my human nature there is no good in there for even though the desire to do good is in me i am not able to do it 19 i don't do the good i want to do instead i do the evil that i do not want to do 20 if i do what i don't want to do this means that i am no longer the one who does it instead it is the sin that lives in me let's read the same scripture from the passion translation for i know that nothing good lives within the flesh of my fallen humanity nothing good nothing good resides in the flesh of my fallen humanity let's continue the longings to do what is right are within me but willpower is not enough to accomplish it 19 my lofty desires to do what is good are dashed when i do the things i want to avoid 20 so if my behavior contradicts my desire to do good i must conclude that it's not my true identity doing it but the unwelcome intruder of sin hindering me from being who i really am there is no good in fallen man there is no good in man that's poor talking So let's read again from Romans chapter 8, just the next chapter, Romans chapter 8 from verses 5 to 8 from the Good News Translation and just brace yourself here. Those who live as their human nature tells them to, have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. I repeat, those who live as their human nature tells them to, have their minds controlled by what human nature wants. Those who live as the Spirit tells them to, have their minds controlled by what the Spirit wants. 6. To be controlled by human nature results in death. Wow. Let me repeat that. To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. 7. And so people become enemies of God when they are controlled by their human nature. Wow. And we keep telling ourselves we are good. And I always hear a question, Matt and Laurie Crouch, the the leaders at TBN, wonderful and amazing people. I hear them in the program praise on TBN and they always ask this question to, let's just pause what we are reading now, let me just say what I'm saying. And I hear them always ask this question to their hosts, people who come along, uh, why do bad things happen to good people? And I always see many people trying to dabble on this question and it's a genuine response or genuine question and what i always have is who is good so let's go back to our reading and so people become enemies of god when they are controlled by their human nature for they do not obey god's law and in fact they cannot obey it it's not because we're intentionally just evil paul told us in our previous verse that there is something man has good desires but there's something that always thwarts and thwarts man's desires and brings out something negative And so people become enemies of God when they are controlled by their human desires. For they do not obey God's law and in fact they cannot obey it. And verse 8 and the last, Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. What words are you releasing? So if I'm releasing the word of Solomon Ray, the word of Mabel, the word of Larinda, the word of James, the word of whoever that word will be pregnant with the desires and the will of the person who's releasing those words not jesus and the word of man ultimately seeks to accomplish the will the desires the pleasures and the purposes of man which are by default contrary to what god wants by default contrary to what God wants you ask and you listen to the confessions of many Christians is about something that does not really benefit God it's always about us it's always about them what I want what I desire what I want to have at this time so that's how God identifies who is talking from the words that you release and I said words capture the nature and the character of the person who releases them when you keep confessing oh i have a car i'll have a car next week i have a job next week not that those things are bad but going deep down Why all of that? I'll answer that in the next section. But let's look at the word of man. We are looking at what word are you releasing? And there are two kinds of word because words take on the nature and the character of the person who releases them. So it's not the confession that is the issue. It is the word that comes out of that person. That's a problem. And we saw the word of man and we've seen that the word of man takes on the character and the nature of man. Man now is male, female, the human being. And the word of man ultimately seeks to accomplish the will which is desires the pleasures and the purposes of man which are by default contrary to god like we read in romans chapter 8 verse 8 those who obey their human nature cannot please god because what human nature wants and what the spirit wants are enemies they are always in contradiction now we're looking at the word of god the word of god on the flip side only seeks to accomplish the will that is the desires the pleasures and the purposes of god That's the difference. The Word of God is a person. The Word of God has a character and a nature of God. And because of that, the Word of God only, I precise, only seeks to accomplish the will, the desires, the pleasures, and the purposes of God. Only, the Word doesn't accomplish any other thing apart from that. So let's read Isaiah chapter 55 from verses 10 to 11 from the Passion Translation. As the snow and the rain that fall from heaven do not return until they have accomplished their purpose, soaking the earth and causing it to sprout with new life, providing seed to sow and bread to eat. 11. So also will be the word that I speak. It does not return to me unfulfilled. My word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. So he's saying here that he is drawing a parallel with the rain when it falls. It always accomplishes its mission. The mission is to soak the earth, causing it to sprout with new life and providing seed to sow and to provide bread to eat. In verse 11, he says, So also will the word that I speak. The word that I speak does not return to me unfulfilled. It doesn't come back empty. Why? Because my word performs my purpose and fulfills the mission I sent it out to accomplish. My word goes out to accomplish my my purpose and the mission that i sent it to accomplish it never comes back unfulfilled so the word of god only seeks to accomplish the will the desire the pleasures and the passions of god That's why you hear Jesus Christ, who is the Word of God, will say, My meat is to do the will of him who has sent me and to finish his work. That's the philosophy of the Word of God. I don't have much time to delve into the Word of God. But take note, the Word of God is not just the Bible. The Bible contains the Word of God. The Word of God is a person. The Bible is trying to introduce us to the person of the Word and in our confession and prayer jesus christ only guarantees answers to a particular kind of confession it's very important we are still under what word are you confessing jesus christ only guaranteed answers to a kind of prayer to a particular kind of confession let's read john chapter 15 verse 7 from the new king james version and if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you if if you abide in me one and my words abide in you two those are two conditions most christians abide in christ when they become born again yes facts but relatively fewer christians have the words of jesus abide in them if you abide in me and my words abide in you you will ask that's the only condition where you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you why is christ very concerned about these two conditions abiding in him and his word abiding in us why is that i hear most christians just read this part and they say no that's why you must give me what i desire because i'm abiding in you but we don't understand the second part of that condition yes you are in christ you are born again beautiful but does his word abide in you remember i'm trying to explain now why it's important for the words of christ to abide in you and why is it that when you have the word of christ abide in you you will ask whatever you desire and you'll be done why because remember words come with the nature and the character of the person so when christ says my words abide in you the more we listen to his word the more we practice his word the more his word which has his nature and character, permeates our being and transforms us, changes us into a new person. Who is that new person? Of course, changes us to become more of him. Therefore, since we become more of him, we think like him. We want the thing he wants. We desire what he desires. And we are pleased by what pleases him. Therefore, our desires are adjusted and modulated. Our words now flow in tangent with word Christ. Would desire. Our confessions will flow in tangent with what Christ would desire, with what Christ would be pleased with, with the purposes of Christ. It's very important. The Word of God brings God's nature and character. So the more you listen and practice the Word of Jesus Christ, the Word of God, the nature and the character of Jesus Christ is released into your spirit and mind. Therefore, it changes you into a new person, it changes you into Jesus Christ having his desires therefore asking and confessing along his will and not us is very important spirit reproduce themselves through words humans reproduce themselves by blood like meeting of two a male and a female meeting and reproducing another human kind but spirits reproduce themselves through words so, the more you listen to a word, be rest assured, give it time, you're going to have the character and the nature of the person you're listening to. So, now I'm asking, what word are you confessing? Most of us confess our word, meaning we confess what we desire, what we, we will, what Solomon Ray, who was born from my mother and my father, wants, what Mabel wants, what James wants but Christ is saying that until we are transfigured to become as him, that is the only time where God will trust our desires. In Galatians, somewhere it says, and those who are in Christ have crucified their evil desires to the cross and left it there because every desire that comes from just the man the human being is porous and full of selfishness it's the self-life Christ never prayed for a car and never prayed for all those things not because those things are bad but there's a bigger purpose there's a bigger goal so the next question now flowing from this is we are trying to understand why the confession of many christians don't work so we have examined already some couple of questions who is confessing number one number two what word are you confessing and now number three what are you confessing and here is talking about the motivation of the confession what is the motivation behind that most people you hear the content of their prayer the motivation is only to get what they want in life so they can live a good life to get what they want so they can survive and that doesn't work and it will never work with God let's read James chapter 4 from verses 1 to 4 James chapter 4 from verses 1 to 4 from the New Living Translation and it reads what is causing the quarrels and fights among you don't they come from the evil desires at war within you too you want what you don't have so you scheme and kill to get it you are jealous of what others have but you can't get it so you fight and wage war to take it away from them yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask god for it but on the flip side verse 3 and even when you ask you don't get it because your motives are all wrong you want only what will give you pleasure and listen to the next line verse 4 you adulterers don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of god i say it again if you want to be a friend of of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. Why does Paul use the term here adulterers? Before now, he goes to tell us that the motivation behind most prayers and most confessions are very selfish driven it's only about wanting what we want wanting the house we want wanting the life we want wanting to eat the meal we want to eat our life should be more than that our desire should be more than that it should be it must be and why does paul talk about adulterers he's talking to christians remember not paul sorry james james is talking to christians who is an adulterer an adulterer is someone who is married to someone but has sexual relationship with another person so we are with christ but instead of having the desires and the life and nature of Christ being prompted by the promptings forgive me for the theology the promptings of the spirit we are being prompted by the impulses of the fallen man and the fallen man the Bible calls it the self-life the adam life is the self-life only wanting what you want only desiring what you want and he says that we don't have what we confess we don't have what we pray for because our motivations are all wrong and what's that so we confess and we pray to have the things that we want so we can only have what gives us pleasure that's all Things that give us pleasure then now we take the overflow and the surplus and we sow some seed and we give an offering but the real benefactor the real person who is the driving force of the confession is us not God not what God wants to happen in the lives of men not what God desires is what we want and that it will never work those who are doing these yoga things and the law of manifestation you read their books and they'll tell you use these things to get what you want in life The goal is to get what you want and the Bible has said at the default level, what you want, what I want, what Solomon Ray wants, what James wants, what Mabel wants, it's not what God wants. Because the human nature and the spirit of God are enemies. They never agree. They have never agreed since man fell and they will never agree. I don't have time for that i have a lesson called the desire for forbidden things why is it that man is always tilted towards the negative things it's something that's inherent there was a deprogramming phase by a devil i have no time for that so let's just go straight into what we're talking about so what's the ultimate will of god what does god really want looking at the motivation the ultimate will of god is this to implant his culture in the earth that's it to implant his culture in the and what's culture to implant the way he does his things to implant that culture in the earth and that should come by all men coming to the knowledge of jesus christ and the truth that comes by having all men saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth so what you're confessing what you're praying for how does it help in having all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Those are two different things. Having all men saved is one, and having all men come to the knowledge of the truth. What I'm doing right here in this podcast is like mostly the second path. Having all men come to the knowledge of the truth. Having all men understand the truth. Having all men understand the Word. Having all men understand Jesus. Because in understanding the Word, in understanding truth, in understanding Jesus, we understand ourselves because we are one with Him. And understanding ourselves means we know where we are coming from our new identity in christ we know what our purpose is we know what our assignment is and we know how to go about doing it because that's god's culture how god does his things so just have a retrospect your confessions all this while how does it help god to achieve this how how does it help god to have his will done in the earth as it is in heaven how are we now seeing that most of our confessions have been tinted with a lot of selfishness just thinking about our own self, maybe our families maybe our children and our career and our businesses at best the dimension of life we can live at that level is when we operate by god's principles because the principles of god doesn't really matter if you're even saved or not for example the principle of giving if a murderer gives the same thing will happen he'll receive because giving is a principle but now talking about confession we're now talking about nature and character and that goes beyond just principle it's about the person the nature and character of God, you see. So it's very important that we modulate our motivations. We adjust our motives. So make sure before you start confessing and you start praying, make sure that you modulate all of that so that ultimately your confession should work directly or indirectly to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth and ultimately to contribute to implant, to the implantation of God's culture, God's ways of being in the earth. So let's read from First Timothy 2 verses 1 to 4. From the new king james version first timothy 2 verses 1 to 4 from the new king james version therefore i exhort first of all that supplications prayers intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men in our prayer and our confessions is this our first priority Remember, Paul is talking here and God is talking to us by the Spirit. Therefore, I exhort first of all, when you're praying, when you're interceding, when you're having supplication and you're petitioning, you're giving thanks. It's very important what Paul is saying here. Therefore, I exhort first of all, that supplication, first of all, the first thing in your confession, the first thing in your prayer, first of all, that supplication, prayer, intercession and giving of thanks be made for all men. Have you ever confessed about God's will towards your leader, the leader of your country, towards your mayor, towards the leader in your community, that God should imbue them with intelligence, God should guide them so they can lead the people well and they can serve the interests of God through his people and just confessing in their lives, releasing words. When we pray like that and God sees the nature and the character of the world, he doesn't see us in there, he sees what he wants to do and he'll respond. Therefore, first... Of all that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. God said, this is The first thing if you are praying that you should pray for, the first thing you are confessing, your confession should be about. There's a reason for that. Let's go to verse 2. So, be made for all men, number one, for kings and all those who are in authority. So, supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men one for kings and all who are in authority why that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence why is that number three for this is good and acceptable in the sight of god our savior number four who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth because we can only win souls when there is peace people can only come to church when there is peace people can only grow to become as Christ by methodic mentorship and discipleship when there is peace so are you now seeing why God is saying first of all let's pray and confess the goodwill of God for all men your neighbor your friend people in your community number two for Kings and number three for for all those who are in authority kings they represent people who are leading nations presidents royalty and all the like and all those in authority now mean all those who are under them like the directors and the prime ministers and the ministers and the mayors and the chiefs and the funds whatever authority figure that you have in your locality the reason for this is because god is saying that so we can live a peaceable and godly life in reverence because that peaceful environment is going to make sure that all men are and come to the knowledge of the truth when we had the coronavirus people didn't go to church largely when there is a war people don't go to church because there is no church and people die in their numbers people don't grow because they don't listen to god's word as they should because there is fear and panic and there's instability so god said we should pray for these people so they can be peace in the land and when there is peace in the land therefore god desires that all men are saved and come to the knowledge of the truth so how does what we confess contribute in achieving the aforementioned how how does what we confess or what we pray contribute to have God achieving all men being saved and coming to the knowledge of the truth that's a question for us to ponder about not just make confessions i confess i confess you want to do that you can go and do the other things you know and just know when you're doing all these yoga things and the love manifestation you're dealing with spirits and not god's spirit and once you start engaging with them and they start doing things for you there's a payback time nothing happens for nothing so we have to remember this from all what we've seen now we've seen that our confession we have to adjust who is confessing we should not be the one confessing and how can we make that happen by releasing the word of God not our word by releasing words that carry the nature And the character of God, the desire of God to have all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, not about our houses. God knows we need all those things, but he said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And these things, and these things, clothing, and these things, fashion, and these things, shelter, and these things, food, and these things, drinking, water, will be added. Because this is what the Gentiles seek after. But this should not be our lot. What we should seek after is God and His righteousness. Everything that has to do with Him. His purposes, His desires, and how He wants to accomplish that. Then we now join in that and partner with Him and work together with Him to make sure that His purposes and His desires and His pleasures are accomplished in the lives of all men and in the territories that they find themselves and we find ourselves. Very important. So remember, God can never be mocked. We have one more question to look at. God can never be mocked. We are concluding with this question. What are you confessing? God can never be mocked. We cannot bully God into answering our prayers. We can't bully God into walking in line with our confessions, which are not in line with what he desires. We can't bully God into doing that. We cannot. Let's read Galatians chapter 6 from verses 7 to 8 from the Good News Translation. And it reads, Do not deceive yourselves. No one makes a fool of God. God cannot be mocked you will reap exactly what you plant it listen keenly if you plant in the field of your natural desires are you seeing now if you plant in the field of your natural your human desires from it you will gather the harvest of death if you plant in the field of the spirit from the spirit you will gather the harvest of eternal life eternal life here is not a life after it is the very life and quality of god the things that god enjoys because of the life he has let me read again do not deceive yourselves no one makes a fool of god you will reap exactly what you plant Eight. if you plant in the field of your natural human desires from it you will gather the harvest of death meaning our prayer that springs out from our natural and human desires only falls on death ears. it doesn't have any weight in the spirit why because it's a very self-centered prayer we are only asking all those things so we can consume it on our lusts but on the other hand if you plant in the field of the spirit meaning the desires of the spirit if you plant in accordance with the desires of the spirit the desires of god the desires of jesus christ then from the spirit you will gather the harvest of eternal life so god cannot be mocked garbage in garbage out you put in human words filled with human desires you have only death period Our final question therefore is, no, not final question but the final thing that we must take into consideration. There is a possibility that the right person is confessing in the name of Jesus Christ, rightly, is speaking the right words, the word of God, characterized by the nature and the character of God's word and nature. The words we are confessing are motivated by having all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth but we don't still get what we are confessing or what we are praying for there's only not only one let me not be absolute but there is one thing that can veto that and is the power of time and season the power of time and seasons in life is very important just listen this is the last segment and we're done the power of times and seasons in life the first thing to note is that our lives are planned god's plan can veto our confessions not because our confessions are evil but because it's not yet the time for it for example confessing things that god is using me to bless lives he's using me to reach out to millions he's using me to bless many with the word of god and people are coming to christ and getting to know who they are in christ and their destinies are, are definitely taken on the on the right tangent i'm confessing that that's what god wants but there's a possibility that I can be confessing that and in the next five years nothing happens you see my efforts to try to do something it fails my effort to try to bless someone it always fails and things like that there's a possibility for that to happen and it's when we consider the power of times and seasons and the first thing to note is that our lives have been pre-planned by God so God's plans vetoes our confessions or even our desires it can let's read from psalms 139 from verses 15 to 16 from the good news translation when my bones were being formed carefully put together in my mother's womb when i was growing there in secret you knew that i was there 16 you saw me before i was born and is the catch the days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever began so before we are walking in predestination, we should I should say walk in predestination because there are two alternatives: living your life by design as God wanted it, or living your life by choice as you want it. Many of us are living our life by choice. You can become anything you want to become. I can become anything. Oh yeah, that's fine. You can become that. So become that. Choose what you want, but that's a lesser route, and that is the most unproductive route. But the predestined one, the pre life, when we are walking in line with what God had pre-planned for us to follow the days allotted to me had all been recorded in your book before any of them ever began so when we are born already day one God is expecting that we walk already in the path that he had pre-planned for us and that the assignment of parents to teach their children to live in the path that God has assigned to all of us So with that in mind, we see that some things in our lives will have to happen until the appointed time and season to manifest in their real time. So no matter how we are doing the things we ought to do and we have grown to the place where we are confessing in the name of Jesus and confessing the will and the desires of God to happen in our territory, to happen in our lives, to happen not to have cars, the most important thing that god desires in every life is that you get to know jesus number one you get to know who you are in christ and that you get to understand your purpose and you get to understand your assignment and give everything you have to accomplish that assignment not that you have houses when you do all those things house will come when you do all those things everything that god has planned for you is in that lane of life and living. The most important thing to God is not that you have a house, is that you are born again, you come to know Jesus Christ, you come to grow, to become as him conform to his image, you come to understand your purpose and your assignment in life and giving everything you have in your lifetime to accomplish God's assignment for your life. Christ said, my meat is to do the will of him who has sent me and to finish his work. That's the most important thing but there are some things in our lives that will not happen until there is the appointed time for it to happen let's read psalms 1 verses 1 to 3 from the good news translation psalms 1 verses 1 to 3 from the good news translation happy are those who reject the advice of evil people who do not follow the examples of sinners or join those who have no use for god sadly the raw models of many christians are this kind of people i won't mention names but it's pathetic Happy are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the example of sinners or join those who have no use for God. Two. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. three and the last. They are like trees that grow beside a stream, and this is the catch, that bear fruit at the right time, and whose leaves do not dry up. They succeed in everything they do so the person who meditates obeys the law of the lord and studies it day and night means meditates on it day and night the person is like the trees that grow beside the stream and that bear fruit at the right time there is the law of time and season every life your life my life everyone's life is divided into into seasons there are different seasons and every season has a purpose that God is trying to accomplish in that season so there's a season where God is trying to for example God is trying to kill the love of money in your heart because to all Christians if you're serious to conform to the image of the Christ this season you must pass through it where God must kill the love of money in your heart and love of money is God kills your own desires and kills everything that has to do with that and when that season is operating in your life you live in lack or you have lack like you never imagined. You have just the bare minimum for you to go about life and to do the minimum that God requires from you. But you know, be profitable in helping people because you now have the resources to do so. Not because you are evil. You have a good heart. You have come to have the heart, the desire of Christ to see all men saved. So you want to contribute to sponsor the gospel to fund the gospel to reach out to orphans but you don't have the means to do that because in that season god is making sure that he kills the desire and the love of money in your heart so he'll bring you to a place where in that season the goal is that you come to a place where you're back on the wall and your only refuge is god your only refuge is him then you come to understand that like a prodigal son that oh i'm nothing without god there's nothing i can do without him and only he knows when that season now comes to an end then the thing that you have wanted to do in a particular season that was not possible can now be possible in a different season where now god graduates you from that season of killing a lot of money in your heart and now he moves you into a place of plenty knowing that the blessing that he gives on you cannot change your attitude and your character because you're already firm in him then now you can be productive in doing those things so when i say god's plan vetoes our confession it doesn't mean that the confession will not happen, but it will happen at the right time, or our desires and what we confess, which are in tangent with what God wants, will manifest at some point because at that time it might not be the right time, it might not be the right season for you. Because God answering those confessions or those confessions producing their fruits will veto God's plan and purpose for your life in that time and season of your life. It's very important we understand this. So ultimately we cannot rush God no one can there's a bible passage that says many are the plants in the heart of man but the Lord's purpose prevails we Can plan and plan, but it is what God has proposed that will prevail. So, God's purposes vetoes our plans sometimes because our plans are evil or the motivation behind it is evil, evil in terms of it's not from God, it's just to satisfy our own lust. But sometimes, too, God's purpose can veto our plans because God's plan and purpose is greater than what we have for ourselves. And He wants to take us in a time and season where He wants to prune us in a particular area of our life, and He'll make all our plans to fail. And ultimately, when He passes us through that time and season then he now restores all that we would have had in that period that's where now the aspect of restoration comes in he restores so you see like the story of job job had all that he had but because of in quotes a deal that god made with the devil that okay go and test him you will see he will still stand with me and everything that happened to job was not because job sinned or whatsoever but the devil destroyed all those things family business and all failed but once that season had passed god restored all that job had and even more i think it was two times or three times or four times what job had god restored because what happened was not job's fault like entirely it was a deal in course that the devil had with god and the devil did all of that but because job was still innocent god now restored him and even more so i hope this has edified us so summarily therefore my advice and my admonition to all of us is that than to just be focused on confessing and confessing and confessing the things that we just desire and want in life it won't work that way the first thing i recommend is always implore god's mercy in everything you do implore God's mercy because God's mercy can veto our insufficiency temporarily so you can be confessing something and though you are not confessing it in line with the character and nature of jesus christ but you're employing god's mercy god's mercy can veto that insufficiency at that time and still have god work things out in our favor god's mercy temporarily vetoes god's expectation it's a temporal thing so his mercy comes to overlook our insufficiency and still make god to do the thing that he wants to do for us even though we are not in the right place or in the right frame or having the right attitude employing God's mercy every day his mercies are renewed every morning so let's always come from god's mercy but that's not a license for us now not to become the person that god wants us to become and to have the nature and the character of christ and confess his desires and make sure we live for his desires but we are using the mercy of god as a shield to make us productive even when we are doing the things that we should not be doing ignorantly Meanwhile, we are still working on ourselves to understand these things. Number two, let your confessions be in line with scripture and ultimately contribute to having all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. It's possible to have your confessions in line with scripture, but your motivation is still wrong. I confess, for example, I confess that when people are saying it's a casting down, in my life it's a lifting up what you're confessing is scripture based and that's what god said we should confess but now why are you confessing that god is looking at your heart he's saying that in your heart is all a mansion bugatti nice cars vintage cars the new smartphones the new chanel bags the new shoes and then he's seeing furthering the gospel and meeting the needs of the poor and needy the orphans and the widows far down in your list it won't work i can guarantee you that it won't work so let your confessions be in line with scripture because when solomon Ray now confesses scripture god now will see but the nature and the character of his word not us but now he still goes to check our motivation our confessions being in line with scripture and ultimately contributing to having all men saved and come to the knowledge of the truth number three dedicate time to grow your relationship with god and his word that's jesus christ dedicate time remember our verse that we read if you abide in me and my words abide in you That does not happen just by being casual with him it's by studying remember also psalms 1 1 to 3 or psalms 1 and verse 2 they find joy in obeying the law of the lord and they study it day and night because when we study the word of god i said God's word has the character and the nature of God. It releases the life of God in our life and transforms us to become a new person from within. Therefore, we have new desires, we have new passions, we have new pleasures, and we live for God's purposes. But that happens when we dedicate time to study, to grow our relationship with God and His word through studying scripture. I tell my mentees and those who look up to me that listen to this podcast every day. Study the Bible daily. Meditate on it daily. You see, have something that you are studying. Have something that is speaking to you from the Word of God. We have these smartphones now and these MP3 audio Bibles. You're on the treadmill in the gym. Put your study Bible and you're there. All right. And finally, focus on your God given assignment. For that's where you and Jesus Christ will have the greatest impact through your life to others. So thank you very much, my dear people. Thank you very much, Mabel, for asking this very salient and important question. I just knew that it's going to take a longer time to answer this question. And it's a very technical and important question. So please take out time to listen to it is very important god bless you and god is counting on you to influence your world for him he's counting on me he's counting on all of us let's all do our part let's not grow weary let's continue pushing there is something that we don't know about god when we don't have the right results there's something that we don't know there's something we're not doing right there's something that's lacking and when we do it right god is only faithful his word is faithful to do that which it says of itself in our lives. God bless you. I've been Solomon Ray God I swear your host as usual, signing out. Cheers. Bye-bye.
0: If trust this episode was instructive and that you've learned a thing or two, please feel free to send in your questions using the Q&A button if you're on Spotify or use the link in the show notes below if on Apple Podcast or any other player. Getting value from this podcast, consider doing the following steps. Step 1. Leave a review after the show notes below. And step 2. Share with your friends and loved ones via your social media platforms. Also, consider showing some love by supporting us by giving towards the development of other programs using the appropriate link in the show notes as well. Do you want to share a personal message with Solomon Ray? For your testimonials and message of gratitude, use the appropriate link in the show note below to send your voice note. We truly love you and believe in you and the person you are becoming in Christ Jesus. Till then, have a blessed day ahead and remember, Jesus Christ is counting on you to influence your world for him. God bless you.